0: hi everyone so just a quick disclaimer for this episode uh you know what guys life happens sometimes so when i recorded this i really thought i was using this nice microphone that i'm using right now but it turns out i was using the microphone on my laptop so the sound quality isn't as great as it typically is you can hear my son kind of losing it in the background at some points but you know this is just what it is um all the, of the lessons in this talking about the yamas and the ethics of yoga i think are really really great uh, i really hope you enjoy this episode thank you for your understanding and we'll come back next week and we'll <laughs> we'll give it another shot thanks guys hi everyone welcome to the ordinary yogi podcast appreciate you guys listening today we're going to talk about the yamas of yoga it's going to be a two-parter because i want to dive into each one a little deeper and kind of give you a little practice at the end of each one to maybe you can incorporate into your life and see how it reflects and see if, it, if anything comes up. So just to review, in case you didn't catch the episode, last episode where I talked about the eight limbs of yoga, which if you didn't, I highly encourage you to go check it out. It's life-changing, maybe. I don't know. Um, so the eight limbs of yoga are this systematic approach to yoga, and it was made famous by Patanjali. And if you, there's a you know, very famous yogic text, is the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. And although he didn't create yoga, he put this method and system in place to reach the eighth limb of yoga, which is like self-realization and um, that sort of stuff. So the Yamas are our first limb of yoga. Now, these are our ethics and moral values. And as, you, as I go through these, you're going to notice a lot of these are Ten Commandment-ish. A lot of them are very similar or maybe go a little bit deeper. Um, I don't know the Ten Commandments, to be completely honest with you. I know you're not supposed to kill anybody, you're not supposed to steal, and you're not supposed to uh, cover a neighbor's wife, and that's about as far as my knowledge of that goes. But anyway, um, to kind of correct myself from the last episode, I, I said, you know, the yamas are how we treat the outside world, which is true. But the more I researched these topics, the more I realized that it also has a lot to do with how we deal with our inner world, which is you know, ourself and how we treat ourselves and give ourselves acceptance and compassion, and are honest with ourselves. So as I go through these, you know, just kind of keep trying to keep that in mind that I'm going to be talking a really little about yourself. But I realize that you know how we love ourselves, how we treat ourselves, how we're honest with ourselves, is going to reverberate out into the world and how we treat our loved ones and people. We don't even know, right? And how compassionate and accepting we are of other people is a big reflection of how we. Our accepting and accept our our compassion with ourselves. So, anyway, here we go. So, the first yama of yoga is ahimsa. Now, ahimsa is non violence. If we, Sanskrit, you know, I'm going to probably mispronounce a lot of these, just to let you know. But in Sanskrit, ahimsa, this goes, translates into hurt. And ah, at the very beginning, means not to. So, it means non violence or non harming. Now, this kind of stands out. It's very you know, yeah, I'm not supposed to punch people in the face. But if we kind of dig a little deeper, we go into non-harming of others, ourselves, and nature in action, words, and in thoughts, right? So not just the physical action. Sometimes, man, I just really want to sock this dude in the face. Even that, that thought is himsa. right? So like I said, a lot of this stuff is going to begin with ourselves and, you know, our inner love for ourselves and acceptance of ourselves, is going to affect how we accept and love other people. So, again, if we talk about ourselves, right, our actions, maybe, I mean, I definitely hope that people aren't physically hurting themselves, right? I, I, I know it does happen, but I just hope no one's going out there doing dealing with that. But if we talk about, you know, our thoughts and our words, then I think a lot of us can probably relate to that, right? Um, I'm, I've gotten better at it, but I've been able to go down this path that if something doesn't go my way, if I, you know, don't hit the mark that I want to, I go down this like, ah, I'm such a fucking piece of shit. Ah, of course this is happening to me because I tried it and I can't do anything right. And if we, you know, if I don't check that, oh man, that shit goes real dark really, really, really fast. But again, if we talk about Ahimsa, you know, we have to learn to love ourselves. And that's the one thing I've really tried to incorporate into my life because, Uh, I made a video about this, is, you know, the way my son sees how I treat myself, I feel like that's how he's going to learn to treat himself, right? So if I'm really fucking hard on myself and I beat myself up with my words, he's going to think, oh, that's just how we're supposed to fucking do this shit, which is, you know, not the case. Of course I should be, you know, if I don't hit a mark, I should be upset. I should be a little bit disappointed. But if anything, I just got to step back. It's like, okay, what did I? what can I do better next time and just move on and not go down this horrible path? Anyway, I digress. So one thing I like to think about when I want to go down this path, and I talked about this a lot, is, you know, if I saw someone, some random person, talking to a loved one of mine, a very close friend of mine, the way sometimes I talk to myself in a negative fashion, I would want to punch that dude in the fucking side of the head, right? It's not right. You don't talk to other people like that. So why is it okay for me to talk to myself like that? You know, if you ever find yourself in a situation, I like just kind of frame it in that aspect. And it's kind of the same. You should love yourself, have compassion for yourself. So don't let that negativity in your head talk to yourself like that. Fucking punch that dude in the side of the head with, you know, love, I guess. I don't know. Um, but when you do that, right, when you treat yourself really well, I, we emit these harmonious vibes out into the world, right? If we are not, angry with ourselves you know that when you someone's like really pissed you can feel that energy but if you just love and have compassion and acceptance for yourselves that shit just bleeds into everything else that we do people feel that and i feel like you have this calm presence when you do that Now, if we kind of go ahimsa goes a lot of stuff as well right ahimsa and diet um of course in yogic texts uh, you know you they encourage that you know you should be a vegan, right? Because if you're eating meat, you're causing harm to another animal. But, you know, again, you have to talk about himself for yourself. you got to find a balance somewhere because I've tried doing vegan diets a long time ago and just it didn't work for me. I I lost a lot of weight, not in a good way. I was like super like fragile and I, you know, felt sick. I was tired all the time. So I have, I have to me, it's better for myself if I eat meat because I don't cause harm to myself that way. Of course, you know, I try not to eat too much. I try to eat somewhat, you know, well-treated animal meat, if that makes any sense. You know, you got to find somewhere uh, in in balance. And if we talk about our yoga practice, you know, ahimsa is, the yoga practice is supposed to be expression ourselves and for us to um, feel it, make ourselves feel better. So if we're trying to push ourselves way too hard, then we're going to cause harm to our body just having an acceptance of where we are and not being disappointed in our body if we can't do these crazy yoga poses or physical actions and just having love for ourselves, for what we can do, also reverberates out into the world. Now, if we talk about Ahimsa with other people, right? it's, it's a little more difficult to practice or it's just as difficult to practice. Because sometimes, let me tell you, man, I've had a lot of times where I'm just like, you know, I shouldn't say this, but fuck that guy. I know I shouldn't say that, But, you know, fuck that guy. Hope his kids never learn how to read. That sort of stuff. Um, And I've, you know, I've worked on it and tried to let it go as much as I can. And one thing I try to remind myself is that, you know, when you have resentment and things like that, uh, a good expression I heard is resentment is, you know, you drinking the poison and hoping the other person gets sick. And I've seen it, man, where dudes are just seething and just pissed off and hoping that them being mad maybe affects someone else and... You know, you carry that with you, and again, it, it, it kind of, you feel that energy. So, you know, it's just something to think about. And with ahimsa, you really got to think about your actions or really your intention with your actions, words, and thoughts. You know, if you are going to do something you know, to somebody, what is your intention with that? Is it to blatantly just make that person feel small, to make them feel dumb? What are you trying to accomplish when you're about to do something with someone else all right so it's just worth watching that and then and if you zoom out a little bit you think about does this really affect you right what what this person's doing does it really really affect your day-to-day life is it even fucking worth getting upset about probably not i'll give you an example uh the other day you know Again, I'm not perfect. I hope I get to share this really well with you guys. That, you know, I'm, I, I do do myself a yogi. And I'm just, I'm working on it just like fucking everybody else. I saw a dude. He was wearing an Affliction t-shirt. And, you know, when I think of Affliction t-shirt, I just think of these fucking bro dudes. And it kind of made me a little upset. Just, how dare you wear that shirt? But then if I just a, took a step back, like, what the fuck does it matter? The shirt that he's wearing. That dude has no idea who I am. All it's doing is affecting me and putting me in this horrible mental state, you know? So I just had to let it go. I had to let it go. and um, Again, just, you know, how we deal with other people. And on that, when we talk about helping other people, Ahimsa also reminds us that, you know, when we help, what is our intention with this? You know, uh, Ahimsa causing harm to ourselves also includes uh what's the best way of putting this it's kind of robbing ourselves and this kind of ties into another yama but taking away the opportunity to grow right and sometimes pain and challenge and struggle is part of that process to grow and if we take away that ability from other people we're somewhat harming them and i know our intention is to help but really, you know, if that person just needs a sounding board, they don't need you to solve their problems. You just need to be there with kindness and compassion and acceptance. And that enough is practicing Ahimsa, not trying to, to you know, fix every single little thing about them. Uh, I think of my son. You know, Sometimes I'll put him down, and he wants to be held. And he fucking throws a fit, right? And I kind of, instead of just picking back up and solving the problem and just solving all of our issues, I, I sit there with him. You know, I, I see still put down on the ground, and I just kind of, I give him love. I tell him, hey, it's going to be okay. And sooner or later, he calms down and realizes, oh, shit, I'm going to be okay. And then I can get up and go do what I was going to do. So thinking about how you help someone, you know, what your attention is, how you help them is another way to practice Ahimsa. And if we keep practicing it, we're going to develop this beautiful ability to accept and have compassion for others. Now a little, you know, just you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh when we talk about the next yama, which is satya, this is truthfulness. So truthfulness, I found this very, very beautiful. Where sat in Sanskrit goes into true essence or nature. And the beautiful expression I found was that which has no distortion. So if you think about looking at a you know at a lake as a reflection at the lake, if everything is calm and we have truly acceptance, we have absolute truth, we're able to see that reflection back at us crystal clear. But typically, we look through life through all these lenses, right? We have our labels, moods, emotions, thoughts that create our quote-unquote truth. And all of these things change from day to day, right? As a teenager, I was fucking metal all day, every day. And anything else besides metal was garbage as far as music. But then as I grew up and that changed, I, you know, I rarely listen to metal anymore. Now I'm like really into like hip hop and like chill hop and that sort of stuff. And, but I'm much more accepting of everything because, you know, I was able to zoom out and that label is gone now. So these labels, moods, emotions, that's like somebody splashing that lake. And if we look at that reflection, it's completely distorted. And again, it changes day to day. Truth is very, very fluid from where you're standing, and what kind of lens you're looking through it. So satya is finding the truth that is deep within us, our true capital S self, which is unchanging. And that is, if we find that, we're able to live a much more balanced and beautiful life. So satya with ourselves, again, is being genuine. Are we being genuine or are we just fitting in? And if you're doing things to fit in with a certain crowd... I think a lot of us have been there where it's just, it's, something just doesn't feel right within us. Right? And again, we have to be very truthful with ourselves, which is very, very difficult at times. But if we think about ahimsa, if we're lying to ourselves to fit into a crowd, that is calming, causing harm with ourselves by not letting our true self shine. Right? So it takes a lot of hard work and discovery to find our true essence. And I think a lot of that is just being courageous enough to express ourselves the way we really, really want to. And if you think about, you know, keeping it 100 with other people, with uh, Satya being truthful, that, that still means, you know, don't, don't be a dick. Is to check the intention. What is your intention with this truth that you're about to say to somebody? Is it to hurt them? Is it to be right for your own self? Or is it to build a closer relationship with this person? So there's like this really cool Sufi way of thinking um, that before you say anything, before anything comes out your damn mouth, I need you to think about three things. Is what you're saying true? And remember, truth is very fluid. So you need to zoom out and remove all your lenses and see, is this actually true? The next one is a little bit difficult. Is what you're about to say necessary? There's a lot of people that just like to say shit just because they like to say shit. But is it necessary? What is the intention behind this? And the last thing, is what you're about to say kind? So if you go through those three gates before you say anything to anybody, you'll be able to practice satya a little bit better. Another thing about satya is sometimes we hide from our truth with ourselves, right? We say, oh yeah, I like doing this, yada yada yada, but do you really? Or are you just hiding from something, you know? Uh, this kind of goes into cleaning up your own mess. Sometimes we we don't check our bank account because we're afraid to look at that shit. We're afraid of that truth. We're not we're afraid to step on the scale because we're afraid of what we're gonna see. And it's gonna reveal this truth is gonna fucking shatter us. Tell you a little story. When I was a kid, uh, I was eating lunch at my cousin's house and for some reason, my cousin and I, we just didn't want to eat tomatoes. We fucking hated it. Granted, our truth probably wouldn't have gone so well as my aunt, but this is just an example as kids and how we think. And so instead of eating them, we're just saying, you know, I just really don't want to eat these. We, t- <laughs> we took them and we buried them haphazardly in the backyard. Uh, maybe we just threw them in the backyard because sooner, like later that afternoon, my aunt lost her shit because she found tomatoes in the yard. Uh, so kind of, if you keep hiding from your truth, eventually that mess is going to come to surface and it's going to be a lot more difficult to deal with. The last thing on Satya I want to talk about is, you know, being able to zoom out and see the bigger picture. Remember that truth is fluid and it's different from everywhere you look at it. So take into consideration, you're going to this very, very huge warehouse and that is the truth. And in there, it's fucking pitch black. And the only thing you have to look through with anything is a flashlight. And that is the lens you see your truth in. So you can only see a little bit at a time, right? So consider that when you're about to, I don't know, confront somebody or talk about yourself or whatever, right? That you're only seeing a very, very small picture. So you just take a minute and zoom out and see, is this really true? Okay, going through those three gates: is it true? Is it necessary, is it kind? And the last Yama we're gonna talk about today is seya, A-T-S-E-Y-A. Again, this is Sanskrit. I'm not at all proficient in talking this stuff. And this is non-stealing. And this one, when I was doing the research, kind of blew my mind hole uh, a little bit. So rather than focusing on the, you know, the act of stealing, again, if we start with ourselves, or excuse me, Atsetia, seya. <laughs> begins with what causes that want and desire to steal. Where does this all stem from? And in yogic texts, it suggests that it comes from this feeling of, I am not enough. I'm not enough. I don't have enough. So I have to take from other people or take things from other people. And it's like this lack of faith in ourselves to be able to create this life that we want for ourselves. So that... Lack that kind of emptiness creates this want and desire and greed that needs to be filled with things or time or whatever. And again, it starts within. So if we're able to build this self-reliance that I can do this, I am capable, I am enough, it's going to fill this (laughs) whole, that sounds kind of perverted, but it's going to fill that emptiness with something that is very, very, substantial and concrete and we're not going to need to chase these other shallow wells to fill that emptiness you get what i'm saying so if we're talking about practicing non-stealing with other people you know there's very different layers to this are we stealing other people's time and i've done this fucking plenty of times when i was single when i would be with a girl and i really had no interest like i like i just wasn't going to go beyond anything uh anything casual but I just liked being in there. But I was taking her time because she could have been out, you know, doing something else besides being a guy with a guy that didn't really have any intention of settling down or she's just looking to have a good time. And, you know, getting with other people is stealing spotlights from them and comparing ourselves to them. If you, you know, hear someone's success, Typically, I, you know, I know people that typically go, oh, that's only because blah, 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 blah. Well, now you're stealing that from them, that moment that they may or may not have worked hard for, but it's their moment, and you're just taking that away from them. You're stealing it from them. Another way of looking at this is, I know a lot of people know the, the constant one-upper, where you tell a story, and they go, oh, yeah, well, fucking check this out, and they tell a story that's somewhat better. In that moment, that person is stealing that time and attention away from the first person that was speaking, right? Again, tying back to the, the previous yama, is that what we're saying necessary at that moment? Is it kind? Are we going to do kindness or compassion with that? Right. And another way of looking at it is stealing from our future. And I found this super, super interesting, where, you know, the action that we do for, our, for ourselves, we rarely think of our day-to-day decisions affecting us you know two three years down the line rarely but if we you know don't take on challenges don't do things that scare us we are robbing ourselves from this potential growth that's going to affect our future same thing with you know our kids the way we raise them if we shield them i feel i'm not 100% best parent in the world but i feel if i shield my son from challenges if I just hide him away from what sometimes can be an ugly world, I'm going to do a disservice to him when he gets out there in real life in the future. So, you know, it, it may come from kindness, right? But again, if we talk about Ahimsa, I'm doing damage with that quote-unquote help to him, and I'm hurting him, and I'm stealing away from his growth. Um, so, yeah. That's the one I found super super interesting, and another, the last thing I'm going to leave you guys with is that you know we have to build our competence again. If we talk about non-stealing with ourselves, there's this uh, expression that is adikara, which is the right to know or have, and you know we have to build our competence to have these things that we really really want. You know how many times have you heard of a person that had little to no money? And then they won the lottery. And a year from then, they're fucking broke again, right? Or a successful a business that gets a new manager, and then the company goes bah! into the ground because that person didn't have the capabilities built yet to run a business. So again, it takes work, and we have to build our competence. So when those things do come our way, we know how to handle them, right? This kind of goes from stealing from a future and growth. And I know I said that was the last thing, but the last thing is that non-stealing and building our, you know, building our self-confidence and having self-reliance unleashes us from this yama, you know, from the wanting to steal. It makes us a little bit freer than the next person. All right. So those are the first three yamas of yoga. Talking about ahimsa, right? Non-violence. Satya. Truthfulness. And the third one I couldn't pronounce right is Atseya, non-stealing. I hope that you guys found this somewhat, you know, interesting. And if you want to dig a little bit deeper, you can do so. The next episode, I'm going to talk about the other two yamas of yoga. Again, this is Luis. This is The Ordinary Podcast. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you guys next time. I really hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show so far, please share with your friends, share it on your social medias, Send me an email and we'll just keep rolling this thing out as long as I can. Thanks.